Hi guys, welcome back. I'm Brianna. I'm Maharu. And I'm Demaya. And this is She Thinks She Knows podcast. So for today's episode, I'm very excited to introduce Stasia to you all. Um, I met Stasia over the summer when I worked as a tutor mentor, and we kind of clicked, and I really liked the way she talked about a lot of things, and so I thought she would be a perfect guest to have today to talk about adulting and growing up. But Stasia, would you like to introduce yourself in more detail? Yes, thank you, Maharo, and thank you, everyone, for having me on here. Um, I would like to just say that more than anything, I'm an educator, a member of the community. Um, I'm a Holyoke graduate, but also a LaGuardia Community College graduate. I am from New York, so I always got to represent, you know, Brooklyn, but I was born in Queens. You know, I'll share more about that. I think um, something that I would love to share about myself is that I love how um, we were speaking and I was just thinking about being a storyteller and really just thinking about how we can connect to one another through our different journeys and really how that helps us all just even share. So even the fact that you're opening this platform to others to learn from me so that we can learn from each other, I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I know you just said, you know, you're a whole year graduate but you're in Springfield and you just had this life. I remember um, one time, I think we were on a field trip together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you told us like your kind of life story. And it was really interesting to me. Um, so would you mind telling us all a little bit more about your upbringing and just growing up? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this answer and I was like, you know, for me, really, I felt like Childhood went by very quickly. I can think of like when I think of adulting, it really ended at 14. And that's when in New York, we have this thing called summer youth. So something about me is I feel like a trend in my life has always been that I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest sister. I'm the oldest cousin. I'm the oldest female um, granddaughter in the family. So I've always either been babysitting you know I think in my family it's like I've had little cousins that I said I sit in the line and I would do their hair you know we used to have parties at my grandmother's house I had to make sure I kept everybody in line and then (laughs) even as being like only my brother and myself I'm the oldest with him so somebody messes with him I'm the person that goes out there (laughs) so really this theme of oldest has always been in my life so I think that's why I'm overprotective but I'm a nurturer but then I'm always in this space of like educating and making sure like we can gather and just think about group dynamics too but I bring that up because when I moved to Brooklyn a lot of that changed where it wasn't like that in Queens because in Queens was very much my family everybody knew me there everybody knew my aunts everybody knew my mother they grew up there so going to Brooklyn was a different environment but you know Stasia was still going to be Stasia she was just going to be Stasia in Brooklyn so by the time I went to like high school and I'm 14 childhood stopped 
you know, it got to this point where my mother's like, listen, they got this thing called summer youth and you're going to get a job. And here, let me tell you about this. Also, when you get a job, that check you get, you're going to pay a bill and you're going to pay also that phone you want because it was this new thing called beepers, went to cell phones and I wanted one. And she was like, you want one? You want a line in your room? You're going to give up $75. And I was like, what you talking about, lady? That don't make no sense. How come he, my brother, gets to not pay nothing with his check, but I got to. And she was like, I'm saying right now, right now, all that thinking you a little baby is over. You welcome into this adult world. You're going to be a woman. You might be a single mother. You need to learn how to sacrifice anyway. There's a chance you might be holding it down by yourself. So just get used to it now that this is the way life might be. And even though I fought it and I hated it and I was so upset, you know, I thank God so many days that she did that, that she fought me, that she pushed back, that she didn't let that go because that is 90% of when I speak about adulting. That was my introduction into how life is going to be, even though I didn't really know that that's how life was going to be. I kind of was in that boot camp and just by like muscle memory, getting used to doing this thing called sacrifice. I didn't want to do it, but regardless of if I agree with it or not, I knew life wasn't going to be fair. It wasn't going to give me no like breaks. I was just going to have to do this because if I didn't, things was going to go bad. And the first person they was going to go bad with was a person I was living with. And that was good because now it's my landlord. Let me decide to be like, hey, I decided I don't feel like paying my money. I want to keep my check. They be like, you know what? You, I like that attitude. Take that and pack your stuff and go. So thank God I got it in a safe space because it was something that was necessary for me to be, you know, somebody who thrives in society. So I think like in a roundabout way, you know, growing up was me being the oldest, you know, me really learning at uh, um age that, you know, you have to take care of others. You have to make sure others are safe. You need to be aware of your surrounding. You know, you want to make sure everybody gets a plate of food. You want to make sure everybody's happy. You noticing everybody, but then also being an older sister and being protective and knowing somebody's watching you. But then also my brother said this to me. Um, He said, I said, you know, you've never made no mistakes. And he was like, yes, I did. I just watched how you messed up and I did it better for me. So I never got caught. So it's like, even when you're the oldest, you make the mistakes and you get in trouble and the people who are younger learn from you. So they are always watching. And I think that was like really not just my um first introduction into growing up, but recognizing like that there's a boot camp that's really going to help you be able to not just survive because we're all survivors, right? We go through stuff, whether somebody told you or not, life ain't easy. Life is going to be difficult but you want to survive. But once you get past surviving, you want to be able to thrive. And that's a whole different ball game that we're going to talk about tonight, right? But that was a good question. I like that one. Thank you. I really do appreciate that take, especially uh, that last piece about surviving and thriving, because I think the three of us right now are at a point where like, what does that look like what does surviving look like and then how do you cross over to that thriving part um so one of the things um I wanted to know was you were young in your youth obviously you had dreams um how have you manifested any of those dreams um and 
what do they look like today? So I really think, you know, I thought about that. And it's like, I feel like growing up in the 80s, right? It was a different time period. It really wasn't like, I'm not going to say it wasn't a time to dream big, but it was a time to get by day to day where it did get to a point where I did start to dream. I feel like my dreams manifested, but this was the thing that would always happen. Sometimes I could be my own worst enemy. And a lot of times we'll do that. Fear can be it. You get scared of your own greatness and you procrastinate. You don't get on things. You can mess up the, like the bridges that you can use with people, how you can network. A lot of times, even when I was younger, I, I really would even say now the reason why I didn't dream was because I was so opposed to listen. I didn't trust people. So I wasn't willing to hear if they could help me. But even now I'm like, if I listen to the things that people say where I could be in my trajectory to where I am now and I was hard-headed, even for myself, I realized that. But then even thinking about like, really just being able to accept when I got to a certain point that I can be okay with my own greatness. I can be okay with being in my skin and stepping into any space and being like, you know what? They gonna have to be okay, not me. I'm gonna I'm handle this. I know what I'm coming to the space with, but you know what I'm saying? They may be insecure, you know, they may not feel their best self when I start to glow, you know, I, but I gotta be okay. I can't dim my light for others because then I'm not being my best me. And I think the moment that I was able to conquer that journey within, then I was able to make my dreams manifest. But even as a young person, I think even with the kids, it's like, it's not that we don't have dreams, but you don't, you got nightmares more than anything else. And it's a fact, like, I ain't gonna lie. The American dream is a nightmare. So I ain't gonna lie about that because that's a boot camp too. But it's like, you go to sleep and it, it's a nightmare. It's like, damn, today was, can I, I'm not gonna curse. I'm not gonna curse. But today was, you know what, <laughs> right? Like, damn, I'm hungry. Like, what's up with that? It's, is life going, why, why I'm going through this? So it's like, you're not dreaming. You just like, what's up with that? And the way I grew up, it was like rough. Like, you know, you try to want to escape what you came from, but that's even the wrong mentality because that's a product of something that's tried to make us not again, glow. So once you're able to know that that's like, the trickery that's going on, you attack it differently too. And then again, dreams manifest because it's the law of attractions, like what you put out there, who you put yourself around, how you thinking, how you putting things out. Like if you thinking something, you are going to attract it because every day you're going to be doing something to get closer to it. But if you always guarding and fighting, you don't have time to really put like energy towards that. So it's like, again, a bit of like, not to say, you don't have dreams, but nightmares, they be true for like a lot of the youth. Oh, bars, son. But like <laughs> even outside of that, right? You do have dreams and they manifest when you put that work there. I feel like the way you described that was so relatable because it just made me think about all the times where I would have conversations with my heart and mine. And literally we would just be like, all the, can, is there something good? Like what's going to happen that's like going to make me feel good about all the work that I'm putting in? Like, where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Where is it? Where is it? And like, the reality is, is just like, you're, it's going to be a long way. You know what I mean? Like we can't just expect things to just be handed to us. 
And I feel like a difference between like me growing up versus like someone um, like you growing up, I feel like I had kind of the opportunity to sort of like take my time with growing up. And even though there'll be moments where like compared to my younger siblings, I'm like, I grew up kind of fast. Like I had to take care of them and pick them up from school and, you know, do laundry and teach them how to do all stuff. Like the reality was like, it still wasn't that hard for me. You know, like I still had that, that, you know, period of time where I can mess up or like not worry about real life. Um, and so I feel like I've gotten to this age where um, like, you know, not right now, but sort of like a few years back where I was in that moment of like, oh shoot, like, okay. Like now I got to grow up for real, for real. And that was, you know, kind of hard. And so I feel like I wasn't able to get that like boot camp, like that you were talking about. Like I didn't really have that. And so now this whole idea of like, you need to survive, you need to do what you got to do. It's harder to accept because I'm like, but I don't want to like, you know, Um, but the way you just put that, it's like, it's the hard reality. Like, that's just it. It's either you do it or you don't. And if you keep allowing your thoughts to say it's hard, it's going to be hard. And if you don't pat yourself on the back for the little wins, you're going to feel like you're not doing anything. And so like, I think that like how you put that was just very like motivational. And I think like some, like also the way you were saying, I can see how like some people hear that and be like, no, like, I don't want to hear that. Like they'll be hard headed about it. But I feel like after getting that moment of like reality check, what you just said, it, it it's like motivational. It's not seen as like, dang, that's so gloomy. It's like, no, yeah. like, that's reality. And mm-hmm. that's what people need to hear. Um, so with that being said, like, I, I can say like a moment that I've realized like, oh, shoot, I got to, you know, I'm an adult and I need to get things going was for me, it was a small moment. It was like when I started having to paying my phone bill, when I went to college and I realized I have to take on my own loans. So what was your moment of like, I know you say you grew up kind of fast, but at what point in your life did you realize like, no, like I'm a, I'm an adult, like I'm a real adult. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that that would be when I had my son, I think all the way up until having him, even as I say these things, right? Like I'm 14, I'm in this boot camp, I'm learning, I'm doing these things. I know how to do it, but I was still very hard headed. I was adulting and taking care of responsibilities, but I wasn't really understanding the validity of things. Then I had my son and I realized how he depended on me 100%. And I swear to you, the stage that you see now is a whole different stage than than I was then. And it's truly because of him, because then at that point I immediately grew up. And I would even say this too was the biggest thing for me that I even noticed that was a change. Because I was so hard headed then, Well, one, I was told I was going to have a girl. And when I had him, they said it's a boy. And immediately in that moment is when I became an adult. Immediately. Because I realized there's a privilege in me getting chance after chance after chance after chance and me being a female that men don't have. And then even young Black men don't have. And it's, again, it's thankful that I even had the chance to get to this point to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to do my life differently. And because of that, since then, I've just been a different person. And it's like, I'm, that's why I say I'm thankful now for all the things that, and it's again, that's the thing with adulting. I say that it comes with, again, recognizing, because sometimes you have to tell somebody something that they may not want to hear, but they need to hear. And you tell them it because you love them. Because if you didn't, you actually wouldn't even spend the time wasting your breath. 
But because you care for their future, you're willing to say, listen, it's a gift that I want to give you. You don't have to accept it if you don't want to, but I want to give you this gift. And there were so many gifts that I didn't even take. And that when I actually realized it, I was like, you know what? I'm so, I'm again, I'm just so thankful that somebody even saw me, recognized me, was willing to take that time into me. And I'm going to make sure that I don't take advantage of that ever again. I'm going to make sure I use every single day in the best way that I can possible and do whatever I can to be my best version of Stasia. And since then, it's like, again, I'm so grateful that I know how to pay rent because indeed I got to make sure this child has a house to come home to. Indeed, I'm glad that I need a phone because if he's at school and they need to reach me, I'm glad I got know how to pay that bill. They need food. They need electricity. You know, it, as he's gotten older and older, it's been more things that's like, I just hear my mother in my ear saying, whether you like it or not, stuff gonna come up. You're gonna have to give that check to it. Get used to it now. Don't, don't even worry about it because life won't be this way. Just be all right with it. Now, when I got to pay tuition for my son because I believe in his dreams, I'll be like, man, listen, you don't even know. I've been to Georgia at Moore's Boot Camp. I got this. I'm going to support you. I'm going to make sure you get it. So like, and even as you say that, like that's the whole, and even as I think about dreams, as I got older and I think about the dreams that manifested, that was the dream. I wanted my son to not grow up like me, but to grow up how you were able to grow up. I wanted him to be able to like, what like, a, well, truthful, positive and negative, but even at that time, what a beautiful world it could be that I could provide for a black man to be in a space where he could just grow up and be free. Just get to be himself. And, and I thought that could be the best thing I could ever give him in this world. And now, and no, I could give him all the tools to prepare him for adulting because you do have to leave the nest one day. But this is something that I want to be able to give. And I think that's the point of like where when you get older, you not even to say older, but for me, when I got to that point of it wasn't just about learning about how to pay bills but now really understanding this point about adulting. And I wanted to say something um, to what you were saying that, you know, I think my aunt taught me one day when I was young. And it, it again, it's one of these things when you become an adult, you understand it, but I'm gonna remix it for y'all. So she said, when you in your teens, it's all about making mistakes. You can make mistakes, you can go through it. It's not gonna affect you in the long run because it's like, it won't, you won't have a record. It's teen, it's juvenile. You get to your 20s, it's about getting it out your system. <laughs> Go to college, party, do what you need to do because you don't want to be doing that at 30. 30, you really need to be focusing on career. You want to be getting yourself together so you establish, you put that time in so that by the time you're 40, you're able to be thinking about retirement. You want to be thinking about living on a fixed income. You want to be thinking about owning property and things like that. Because by the time you're 50, if you have kids, things like that, they're your grandkids. Your parents may be passing. They may be getting older. You need them to come and stay with you. You want to be in a job where kind of you're at that 20-year mark because then you got five more to 10 more to retire. You can help your parents. You can say like, how are we going to get ready? But then even at that point, you're going to be going at 65. You might not be able to move like you could. Now you could run up and down the stairs. You know, I mean, you do see 65-year-olds doing that. But again, you have to be thinking from now to be able to do that. So really just planning for that time. Now, the one thing that I think I wish she would have told me and that I'm gonna tell y'all is the financial literacy part of it. 
because yes, in your 20s and in your 30s. And again, for me, it was having my son. It ain't got to be that for everybody. You could get that light early. And what if you saving? What if y'all living together and y'all splitting rent like they do over here in Amherst? What if y'all splitting rent for three, four years and everybody's saving and they putting money aside and then y'all say, hey, listen, we about to all graduate. Let's buy property together. Let's get an apartment. And then we got somebody else paying our mortgage. And then we doing that. So by the time we 40 and we thinking about everything, we traveling, we moving, we in a whole different net worth bracket. So still do those same things. But while y'all got maybe your parents who's willing to be like, no, stay, I love you. You still cute and cuddly. <laughs> save, save, work and save. Pay your loans down, but work and save. Get that 30% in the bank. Maybe y'all one day say, you know what? I want to boot camp myself. We need to move together so we can start to, to see how we're going to navigate this. And, and again, still be friends, but still boot camp it and save because you can save money even by working together. But then create a net worth together somewhere else. Make a business or something. Like, y'all don't have to work with somebody. You could do whatever it is you want to, but really just thinking about the game differently because it's like we can see, it's like you think about a car. A car can see 200 feet in front of it, right? But you could be traveling to New York. You could be traveling to Georgia. You could be traveling to Florida. You're going to use your GPS to get you there, but you're really only going to see so far in front of you, but you can prepare for your trip. And I think that's where the boot camp part comes in because it could come in at any point. It's just recognizing I got a trip. This ain't the end of the journey. That boot camp idea, like, I actually like it because when I think of boot camp, like, I don't think like it has to be miserable because like people like some people like most of the time they choose like you know to participate in a boot camp like whether it's the army like whether it's like an exercise boot camp whatever like you're choosing to do that to learn discipline to like challenge yourself and to get something out of it so I like that idea of boot camp because I need to start thinking about like this time period of my life like boot camp that's preparing me and that's like gonna give me motivation to keep going so I appreciate that outlook really really much I appreciate it too and I wanted to ask given that you just like seem to have come across all these tips and all these things you were throwing out as kind of like advice like what other skills do you think that you've gained as a result of just acknowledging that you're adult and growing up I think for me at the, so I would say personally, the biggest thing is being comfortable in my skin. I think that has been a journey of just being able, and when I say comfortable in my skin, I mean being able to go within and be okay with my flaws, be okay with the areas that I want to improve upon, really every day, just like bigging myself up, being okay with saying, you know, I think uh, a lot of times, especially even from where, you know, I've grown up, survivor's guilt is a big thing. Like really being okay to say where I stand, I'm okay with being here, being okay with even I say being a mother, knowing that, you know, I make mistakes, you know, but I've always had my best intention. So I feel like in that part, that's been something that's really been like a growth for me. But then even also understanding that a part, like I think the process of adulting is this thing of like, you think of a caterpillar, like it has to start as a caterpillar, be able to go into the cocoon to be able to come 
a butterfly. And I'm so blessed that I was able to become a butterfly because I know some people who have never been able to turn into that. And they don't know what they're missing. They have no idea how wonderful it is to fly. And it's like, it's like you always stuck with this thing of, do you tell them what they're missing out or do you just let them sit in their own bliss? So I'm just grateful that I was even able to go through that process, no matter how it stretched me and got me to get to this, because I am so blessed to be able to fly. Like there's literally, like it. the only limit that I, and like I said, the journey within, the only limit is the one I put on myself. And even to today, I will put limits on myself. I'll get nervous, I'll get scared, I'm human. But I'll, again, I recognize for myself from what I've come, so where I am today, sometimes I just stop and take a moment to look and be like, wow, how in the world did I get in this spot where I'm sitting with these people and I'm Stasia from Coney Island? What in the world? How did I? And that's just being like, you know, through, through the grace of somebody above that just said, you know what? You don't see it, but I got a plan and a destiny mm-hmm. and a purpose for you. And you just got to like be willing to take it on. I think that's more so than anything else. Be willing to accept your destiny and purpose in this life and take off. So um, something that I would be interested to know um, in this process of growing and like sort of getting out of these uncomfortable phases and like going through your fears, how has that impacted your social life and um, how has it grown over time? All right. Well, let's be honest about that. I think friend groups change because let me, okay, let me say this. Some friends that I knew in New York are still in New York, right? Some friends I've known since middle school and we like, like we just was with each other yesterday and they seen each other in a year. Some (laughs) friends are now like, we're parents, so we like, we raise kids together, you know, we think about those things. So it's like, we're friends in that way. And then sometimes it's like work friends. So depending upon, for again, the mood I'm in, then I'm able to say like, what friend group do I go to? But I mean, actually, to be honest, again, motherhood, that's why I say I will suggest to y'all for as long as possible, enjoy your freedom, get the bag, be out there enjoying <laughs> yourself because then my new friend group became my friends are my son's friends, parents, and we hang out together. You know, we're friends. We like doing football games together and track meets together. And when he was younger, it was Bantan club and sleepovers. And so it's like, that becomes your social life. But then it's again, it's like, I'm about community and I love, you know, cooking for the community, gathering and having events and things like that. So it's like, again, feeding your soul. So I love to really get to be around people who feed my soul, but then also um, getting homesick and going back to New York so I can, you know, be staged from the block and just chill. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, my, um, it's like being a chameleon, but it's, it's like you, like I say, it's like a butterfly. You evolve. You just go to different spaces. You sit with different groups. You don't have to just stay in one place. It's okay to grow and go through metamorphosis. It's nothing wrong with that.
Welcome back, guys. We're here with Stasia. And to hop back into this conversation, I want to know, as you've grown up, what kind of things have you grown not to tolerate? Well, I think for me, I'm kind of at this point in my life where before I felt like people would be like, oh, Stasia, you look so young. And I'd be like, you want to know what my trick is? And they'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, I'll curse the motherfucker out in a heartbeat. Excuse me. <laughs> but I would. I would not feel like I need to hold that energy. And I'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I didn't wake up to be a doormat. Let me give that right back to you. But I feel like, again, as I became a mother, I realized that when you're a child, you act like a child. When you become an adult, you got to act like an adult. And that's how a child acts. An adult realizes that they can't lose their job cursing somebody out just because they got them upset. They People are going to be fools. So you really can't let that dictate your internal control. You got to let them be who you are and think about your future. So like something that really like I've just learned even in that is just trying to be like, you know what I'm always thinking about? the future I'm always thinking about how my actions can affect like I say my son's future and if I know it's going to negatively affect his future I do not let that like turn me up because I know like even to myself like I'm not worried about you fighting me I got this I'm not worried about you like cursing me out I know I got this the only person I got to prove something to is to my ego and my ego already know they're not worth anything I will lose if I hurt my son now, what I will say is difficult, and I want to bust this to y'all, right? So it's this thing, right? We know people who are first generation in their family to graduate middle school, right? Then they first generation to go to high school. Then they first generation to graduate from high school. Then they first generation, if they so choose to go to college. Then they first generation, if they make it to graduate from college. Now they got this debt and they gotta go for a job. But now they first generation in a professional field. And a lot of times with this first generation thing is, we come from places where we handle conflict differently. But that is different in these professional settings. There's something called social awareness. It's something called office politics. It's something called playing dirty with power. See, now in our spaces, it's like power is there, but power is in like ego trips. And I could beat you up. I can make you feel a certain way. I can make you feel shame, make you feel guilt. When you get into these professional self-sins, power is with your paycheck. And that's why I say again, that need to wear. Georgette said, you better learn from the gate. You got to give it up. But also, you got to learn not to lose it. Because now that's the flip side of it. It's one thing to not have. It's another thing to get and then you lose because you let somebody push your buttons. Or again, like I say, have control of your internal. So you always have to be able to say, how am I able to not make somebody trick me out of my future? Because that's what people be wanting to do. They wake up and you'll be like, no, nobody's waking up to do that. Yes, they are. They was mad at what you did yesterday. They thought you was going to act like the N-word, but you was too smart. You was like, get out of my face. Like, shoot fly, don't bother me. They was really upset, and they woke up thinking how they going to do something petty to get you upset, to make you curse them out, put hands upon them, and they're going to call the cops on you. No, they really, really have. Like, you're not imagining that. So what you got to do is recognize that it's a war going on outside. 
the same way like when you were in the hood and you would walk through the hallways and you know, oh, I'm not gonna let, you know, somebody, you know, you just know the politics of the area. It's the same type of things there. You just cannot meet nobody outside at three o'clock. My friend said it best. He was like, you know, you get to this mindset that you wanna be like, well, in here, you're my boss, but out there, I'm your boss. <laughs> and as long as you can keep that in your spirit, you can separate the two because sometimes they'll make you bring the wrong boss into the wrong place. And I think even like, as a, like, again, when you begin to become an adult and even with parenting, you get in different spaces and we are grown up in a certain space where it's like we're taught certain things. We deal with kids that are opinionated now. They feel like I'll take my phone out and record you if you're trying to make me feel a certain way. You can't be like, you be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We Whoa, hold on. So again, it's politics in all of them. You have more, it's like when you have less to lose, you take more chances. When you have more to lose, you take different chances. So you gotta just be mindful. So I'm constantly always struggling with that in several different places. You know, this year with my son during the pandemic, it was very difficult because my teaching style and my parenting style is very different in nature. The way I'm really able to have um, patience and work, I'm not really patient in that way at home, but we're in a pandemic. So it's again, how do I make sure that I don't lose my son and I don't lose what I need to at work? You gotta balance both of them. You learn this at a young age. You was prepared, like, a, like my mother would say, you was built for this girl. Remember that summer? And I'll be like, I remember you right. It was for all of this, go handle that. Remember, because I tell you this summer, she told me if I come in the house late again, every week, every minute equals a week. I came in the house 13 minutes late. Because how many weeks I was on punishment? 13 weeks. She said, wow. remember that summer? Call it a pandemic. I was like, you're right. <laughs> I was built for this. I was built for this. You're right, you're right, you're right. I got it, you're right. She was like, don't get it twisted. Don't forget where you came from. Wow, that's crazy. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know like how you got through that, but you got through it. So you're built for anything. <laughs> um, I was going to say that I appreciate like your take on just, I don't know, just how you're saying everything because I being a black female on a predominantly white college campus, like I very quickly learned like, okay, this is the simulation of the real world. And like, how are you going to use the setting to your advantage? But how will you balance like, okay, but like, I'm still here. Like, you know, and like my, what I have to offer is just as valuable. Um, and so I think that like, I'm the boss here and you're the boss there. Like, I think it's a good um, mentality because then you know, okay, this is when I insert my, expertise like you know what I mean and I think that like although um you know <laughs> non-black people because it doesn't it's not just white non-black people they can you know get this feeling of intimidation or whatever like you have your levels of expertise that you think you can you know push on me so when I have my level of expertise, like I have to have the confidence to be able to, you know, 
put it out there for you to hear. Um, so I appreciate that take because it's just teaching me that like, you know, my assumption or my observation, like simulate, like college is a simulation of the real world. That's correct. And it's always like, you have to be constantly evolving and constantly figuring out how to navigate this next space. Um, mm -hmm. So thanks for that. No problem. Let me um, share something since you um, said that I'm gonna bust it for you a little bit different too. So think about this with like the colleges, right? People, they're gonna disrespect, they're gonna do stuff, they're gonna push you there, right? But the power dynamic is different. You could check them. You could academically approach them. You could write a paper. You could come at them. You could let them know you picked the wrong one. And from where we from, it's like, nah, you gotta work to get where you at. So you know you got the work ethic, right? Then you get into these professional spaces and you're like, all right, I'm ready. College taught me how to do this. And you go in there and ready to give it your all. And they like, why are you trying to do my job? You ready to like, just like work three <laughs> times harder than the next person. And they like, you need to just chill, lay back, like be a little. And you're like, I don't even know that life. Like I can't really switch to that. And it's like the fact that you can't or even recognize that you're doing that is making others and here, because here's the word, right? You ready for it? Likeability. Because others may not feel like, this is how like I was in a um, conference and they explained it. They said, you may have the work ethic, but would you sit on a plane with somebody for 15 hours? And y'all together might be like, yo, I'll do that in a heartbeat. That's my girl. We could tear down the world together, brainstorming for 15 hours. But imagine somebody that you don't like, and that's your boss. And they got the power of your paycheck or that's your coworker, and they constantly messing with you those be the new dynamics so in college is to make those networks learn everything you can like you invest in that money you network and you get people so you could be like i'm gonna meet all the people i would take that flight with but also i'm thankful for the opportunities when i'm able to learn how to navigate when i'm in a situation like that and it's my job on the line like i said different risks higher consequences, different risks too. I feel like you have touched on it, but I still want to see if you have different answers because you probably will. But what are some of the hardest realities of being an adult, do you think? So I feel like um, for me, one of the hardest things um, I would say now was seeing my son go to college and releasing that control because it's like not so much of releasing the control of him, but who is Stasia, right? So before it's like I was buck wild at one time, you know, just trying to, you know, find myself. Then I turned into a mother and a light hit. And it's like, I gave myself to this child to raise him. Now he's raised and he's like deuces. And I'm like, well, who's Stasia? Is she still that? I, I, I mean, I hope I ain't that buck wild. I don't, I mean, Lord have mercy. That, that chick needs to be laid to rest, right? But I don't know who I am outside of that because it's like, I am a mom, but also who is, so it's like, again, being willing to go on this journey without fear and learn who I am and be okay with that. And I think that for me has been the hardest because again, once you got the mechanics of paying the bills, budgeting, saving, and doing that, that takes a lot off your shoulders. 
But now when it's like you say, the social life, who are you on Friday when it's fun and everybody's outside, you know, like, what do you want to do? Like, do I want to continue to do the job that I want to do right now? Do I want to travel the world? You know, it's again, like being 18 years old with a good paycheck, a house that's nice and it's my own. I mean, that's really a difficult thing about adulting because now it's like, again, like when you first enter, so you know how when y'all leave high school and then you first enter college and you have all that freedom to make up your schedule and you like, what do I do with my time? You got to make good choices. I'm at that. It's like, that's adulting. That's the hard part. It's like, you got to make good choices. Like, even at this age, it's like, you got to make good choices. Like, and again, good choices have different consequences. I feel like, oh my gosh, that's really true. But I also feel like college is like such a more controlled setting than like adult life that you really do like the things are there for you to like make your time up. You just have to get them. But like once school is out of the picture, it's like, um, like I I don't want to just work like. I have to seek out the other things. So it's it's definitely uh, difficult. I, I would agree with that. <laughs> right? I like when you do that because it makes me want to take the conversation to a deeper level. I'm feeling it. I want you to know that. Because here's the thing, right? It's like, it's like, so now, all right, I have this time in my life, right? And it's like, it's like what you say with dreams. You have time to dream bigger. You have time to dream and say, what would you do? So now it's like, okay, it's this thing where like entrepreneurship starts to come in. You want to be your own boss. You want to keep working for somebody. Again, it's these things where it's like, you got all this free time and it's not even just free time, but it's like, do you have faith in your own capabilities that if you go off on your own, you could still make the money to pay the rent, pay for the electricity and do all those things. So it's like college will give you options now it's like your option is for yourself to be like, what would I want to do? What would I want to put time in? What would I believe myself can do? And then what am I really willing to go for? Even in, the, in those moments when I feel the weakest, not when I feel the strongest, but when I feel the weakest and I feel like I want to give up, man, what do I love doing so much? Because again, like I say, the only thing stopping me is me. And that'd be difficult. It's like one thing we could be like, no, I can't do it because, you know, B got practice and I'm tired. No, I can't do it because I got cheerleading practice. No, I can't do it because I got the club over here. No, I'm helping. Now it's like it's no no's. It's just only yeses. If you go for it, all you're going to do is get yeses. But are you really willing and do you, it's like, are you really willing and do you want the brightness that comes with it? And even for me, I'm a shy person. Like even like now I like to talk, but when I'm social, I'm in the corner by myself. So it's like, do I want the light on me? I know it's in my destiny, but how much am I gonna let fear hold me back from going for it? Another month, another year, another two years, or am I just gonna go for it and live in the light for a year, a month, you know, it'd be difficult. That statement, it just connected me so because it reminded me of a time when Demai was like, are you guys ready? She says this thing about her podcast, like, are you ready? Are you ready? And I would be like, yeah, I'm ready. But the back of my head, I'm like, am I ready? Like, do I want this success? Do I want the, you know, like not the burden, but do I want the weight of being someone 
the fullest person I can be, be at my fullest potential. Like, am I ready for that commitment? And every time I get to a new level, I get a bump where I'm like, Brianna, this is it. Like, if you go past this point, there's no going back. If you go past this point, there's no going back. And and there's this sort of voice in my head that's like, don't you wish you could have a mediocre life where you don't have to worry about, you know, like being the spotlight and having to keep up an image. But then it's like, I don't want to be boring. Like, you know, I don't want to have a boring life. So that battle is serious because it it's it makes every step, every upgrade harder. It makes it harder because it's like you're getting there. You're approaching the roof, like, you know, there's no turning back. And it's like, oh, like, don't want to do it. So that like it just hit me because I'm like that's literally my reality half the time because I know I'm destined for good and I know that what I'm doing is not regular you know like the project trajectory of my life from being a young adult starting from 13 to now it has not been regular it's been full of success so it's like you can't turn back you know like you already signed yourself up for it so you just need to get ready and buckle in because (laughs) what else is there like you're not going to be happy with the alternative that is really (laughs) true because like honestly I find like like more than ever for some odd reason I'm just thinking like I can just like try to be regular like I don't know why but like the past couple of weeks I'm just like dang like like okay like and and I don't even think my version of regular is like the real version of regular if that even makes sense but I agree with what Brianna's saying a lot (laughs) Because I'm just going to say, you know why it's always going to nag you and for the rest of your life, it's always going to nag you is because it's like you deserve it. And because you deserve it, you're not going to be able to be regular. You're only going to be able to go for your greatness. And whenever you stop yourself from it, it's just going to nag you and it's going to nag you. It's going to be in your sleep. And it's only because you deserve it. If you did not deserve it, it wouldn't bother you. It's a fact. It wouldn't like you'd be like, oh, it's all right. You pass stuff that you don't deserve all the time. You don't even notice it. But that stuff that's meant for you and you're supposed to go for it. It's like it's just like mm, mm, mm. it's like you got to remember that like every time it's doing that, it's like, damn, it's like I know I deserve it. But do I want to go for it? Thank you. Mm-hmm. That is like. I really want to come back to this topic, um, but I'm going to bring it back for a second. Just something that I've been thinking about while you've been talking, Stasia, like, I feel like just knowing you, I can speak to you and about you so casually. But then like when you're talking and telling us your little anecdotes, I'm also realizing like we are from different generations and we all had like, you know, it's just different times. And so I'm curious about how you feel, especially working with students and young people, like how do you feel about this younger generation versus how you grew up? And like, what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my old job, I used to always ask the um, students, the teachers, everybody. I say, you know, before we start doing like these dialogues, this work, because really it's about race stuff. Are we preparing the next generation for a world where 25 years from now, they're going to live with racism? Are we preparing them for a world where 25 years from now, there's not going to be racism? Because in both realities, they're going to need different skills. And I think in the students that I work with now, that's really always where I'm going in. If you're like, listen, you know, I think I need to be ready for this world where I'm going to be going against these different things. And I want to be prepared to just, again, thrive in this world. I think, again, these, these youth 
they're so poised to take over. They're not having it. A couple years ago, I would have said something different because it was like a whole wave of, I don't believe in this, you know, that stuff that happened in the past. I don't really want to be associated with it. I don't want no connect. That's not the reality now. Now they like, nah, we, we rip, we canceling stuff. You're not letting it go through like it don't exist. I'm calling you. I'm no, I'm not like, I, there used to be something called PC before. I don't know what that was because there's no sis, whatever's politically correct then that don't exist no more. Things is correct, correct. They're not even polit. We setting it right. It's going this statute. Nope, it misrepresent history. I'm tearing it. Down. It's like wow, maybe we really are getting these youth ready for a world where racism does not exist. But I also think that when we think about that, we need to think about the class struggle that racism has been covering. And that's where I feel like we need to get the youth ready for it, but they also mad ready for it. It's like, this is a um, generation of entrepreneurship. Like they'll be like, I don't wanna work for the man. I don't wanna have a boss. I'm willing to put the work in and get my own stuff done and put it out there on my own. And it's like, well, then let's just make it happen from there. And I think for that reason, it's kind of like I always say, like that whiteboard, right? Like what you're behind, right, Brianna? Right, that whiteboard. Anything can happen. There's nothing set. You could do whatever you want to. And because we at this point where anything can happen, you you can't put a ceiling on. It's like even glass ceilings is being broken. Like, and that is not something I would have been able to say years ago. Like, I mean, really, I'm even from that generation where I would have been like. We wouldn't have had no black president. Now I be talking trash. I voted for the first black president. I know Michelle Obama in my mind. I like go to her for advice in my heart. You know, she doesn't ever speak back to me. But these things are like a reality that kids are like, miss, what are you talking about? Like, you're so old school. You're a dinosaur. Like, what? So I just think that like the way that this world is going it's in the right direction to where it would not say that before. And then that's another thing too. People are open for the information. They want it. They want to have these conversations. People want to change. So it's really like, now here's the, here is the question for the youth, right? Uncle Ben from Spider-Man says, with great power comes great, great responsibility. Now, now that you have the whiteboard, do you do evil? Or do you do good? I mean, you see what happened with Facebook. You see what happened with Instagram. We don't know what the next big invention is going to be, but it's so many problems that all these great minds can help to fix. Are we going to sit and help fix them? Are we going to ignore them? You know, are y'all going to, like, what are we going to do? And yes, the adults, we, we, gave, we gave y'all a horrible world. But y'all got this. Y'all so smart. Y'all so talented. Y'all gonna put us right in our place. But I don't know. Are they going to do evil or are they going to do good? And then my other question really would be, I just don't want y'all to give up because the trickery is out there. It is there to make you give up. Don't give up. It's so much that gotta be done. And as long as we take care of it, I mean, I think we, I think we in good hands. Like, Man, listen, the stuff I be seeing, I'll be like, yo, it's going, it's about to go down in the next couple of years. Like for real, for real. The water could get clean. We could clean up the um the air. 
electric cars. Like y'all, the next generation is dead gonna build cars that's gonna be flying in the air. Like, but I don't know what's gonna happen after that. Like good or evil, I just worry about that part. So everybody should read Octavia Butler's Parable of the Swords just to make sure you know what evil looks like. It's funny that you mentioned that book because I've had it for so long and I'm still like struggling to get through it. But <laughs> but that's, I really like that point of view. I feel like, I guess I haven't talked to a lot of people who are older than me and think of the younger generation. Like, are you, you know what I mean? Like who talk about us like this. So I feel like it's really interesting. And even me being barely, tw- not even 21 yet, I still look at <laughs> I still look down at the students, like the students that we're working with, like Gladys's age, like 10th graders, you know, high schoolers. And I look at them as a youth and like them having so much promise, but like, I have to realize like I'm also in that age group. And so <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I think we're just about done. I just want to go back to kind of what we were talking about before, but also ask you personally, um, so me, literally, this was the other day, like me and Demaya, I think we're talking about how we kind of had a belief as kids that like past 30, like 40, like that's ancient, like that's so old. And like, you know, like I want to live my young, my life because like my life basically ends at 40, all this stuff. And so as you grow up, you kind of see that that's not true at all, especially for Black people, like 40 is still very much so young. And so it's not the finish line at all. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, can you talk about how these next couple of years of your life or this stage is like the golden years and like describe some of your expectations or hopes for the next stage of your life? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you. And I just definitely want to say too, before we um, finish, I think this generation has so much potential. You're like at potential. You're filled with potential and motivation. It's like the only thing that stops you is like the threat of all these stereotypes to make you second guess yourself. But it's all lies. It's all foolery. The second that you see that, you're going to see that you could take over and you should. Just do good with it. Don't do evil. That said, I think thinking about 40 for me, I'm really excited just to like do all the things that I used to be scared to do when I was younger. It's like fear is always a trickery in the mind. It's like you don't know what will happen. It hasn't happened. But in your mind, you painted out this picture. You know all the different things that's going to happen. What people are going to say, where they're going to stand, what they're going to be. And that stuff ain't never even happened. What are you imagining all of that? Spend more time imagining how a good situation can happen what they gonna have on, how everybody's gonna be cheering for you, how you're gonna be crying and having a thank you, thank you, thank you. Like when you could get your mind to that point, I think that's where it's like, I'm really trying to say, because I've been surviving and trying to get to this point where I said, again, about thriving, that's the next stage of life. Being able to say, you know what? It's okay to say there was people that was lost along the way. It's okay to be able to say, you know, you wish they was here, but they did pave the way for you to get here. It's okay to be able to say, you know, you've helped people and you okay with that and like sit with that. And then just be able to say, you know, you could live your life. I give myself permission to be okay with living my life. And even after that, that, you know, traveling, you know, I mean, I remember, Anybody 
in this room and out there who would like to get help on thinking about your future, sitting one-on-one with somebody, thinking about how you can go into like your next profession. I would love to work with people just even on that, just to say like how that could be another business venture and really just saying like how we can help people all over the world become their best self. Because it's like now that the hard work is done of making sure my child gets to where he needs to be, now I know like what do I want to do in life and that's really help people become their best versions of their self and then just be okay with where that takes me and then like take big steps and small steps I think owning property is a big piece of that like that is something I want everybody to hold me to because I even want to increase my net worth and really get out there and make sure that I have something to give to the next generation because that's just like how we all want to be able to give so if I don't model it others aren't going to follow in that footstep. So really just making sure that I model it so others can follow in it. And then just, you know, inviting people over so I can cook and we could chill. We could listen to some music when all this craziness is over. And then we can celebrate Brendan graduating from college and just having fun, right? So, I mean, just things like that, if that makes sense. It definitely does. Um, If nobody else has anything to say, we can wrap this episode up. Stasia, thank you so much. I feel like we all really enjoyed this. Speaking for all of us, this is really like, it really was like a lot of insight that I just gained. We all just gained from listening to you. And I really just appreciate the way you made things so, like you talked about yourself, but you also just made it so relatable and applicable to everybody. And so I really like that. But yeah, thank you so much. Um, thank you to our audience for tuning in. And we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for having me. Have a great night, everyone.